1942, Irving Berlin penned these words. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with every Christmas card I write. May your days be merry and bright. And may all of your Christmases be white, right? If you can't tell from what I'm wearing tonight, our theme is a white Christmas. A white Christmas. When Bean Crosby heard these words, he's famously told, Oh, that's not too bad, Irving. Uh, it won't offend anybody, at least. That was his response <laughs> to White Christmas. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Famous song, right? A song we know, a song maybe you've sung a million times and not known kind of the birthplace of it. But then 12 short years later, it was that long later, as far as I know, to this day, it's the only movie that was written about a song. A song called White Christmas made a movie called White Christmas, right? Uh, White Christmas was born 12 years after the song was written. And it's a movie that when I was, you know, this tall, I was forced to watch. <laughs> after a while, all the songs get stuck in your head. I'm sure if I let Charlie back up here, she could sing them all for you. <laughs> Whether it's Sisters, or Mr. Ritter Locker, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Some of you are now singing. <laughs> we, we learn the songs, we know the songs. Uh, maybe you've seen the movie every year since you were this tall, like me. Yeah. Still, now it feels like multiple times my house gets watched every single year. It's a, it's a simple story, right? Lots and lots of music. Uh, you know, I call it this. It was a Hallmark movie before there was Hallmark movies, right? That is the movie White Christmas, right? It is the story of an innkeeper who's a retired general who, who runs an inn in Vermont and he needs it to snow so that he has customers and so that people will come skiing, right? And they're longing for a white Christmas so the inn will go back and do a thing it's supposed to do in its business, right? They're, they're longing for that idyllic moment where it's going to can't snow on Christmas morning, right? Can it snow for us so that everything will get back the way it should be? And there's this longing in the characters, there's this longing for the snow to come. What's interesting about this, and some of you are like, I don't long for snow at all. <laughs> some of you long for snow right after. You wish it was already here. But there's this interesting thing when it comes to the Bible that I think happens when it comes to longing. I think there's a longing for something perfect within each of us. There's a longing for something great within each of us, for an idyllic moment within each of us. If you go all the way back to Genesis, maybe a strange place to, uh, to start a Christmas uh, service. Uh, if you go back to the creation story, I think there's a longing for Eden in all of us. Genesis 2 says this is the account of the heavens and the earth as they were created and God makes the earth. He makes the heavens and there's no shrub, there's no plant on the earth. And we like, I don't know if you like this phrase, but I really like this phrase in verse 5. God had not yet sent rain upon the earth and there was no one working the ground. Doesn't that sound good? There's no rain, nobody working. So what does he have to do? Streams came up from the earth, watered the surface of the ground so that they had water. And the God poured man out of the dust of the earth, out of the, the very earth itself. Back that's what my name Adam means, is buried the dirt of the earth. And he breathes into him his own breath of life. God breathes in, creates Adam, and gives Adam life. 
And he plants a garden in the east. He calls it Eden. We've probably all heard this before. And there he put the man that he had formed. And he makes all kinds of trees for him to wander around in, to eat from. They're pleasing to the eye. They're good for food. In the middle of the, the garden, he puts a couple of special trees. And there's a river coming out of it. And it separates into four headwaters. And says the river fills and floods the, the entire earth and, and gives water to the entire earth coming out of the garden. And the Lord God takes man himself and he puts him in the garden to work it, to take care of it, to, to garden alongside God. Doesn't that sound interesting and fun? To, to be in a, a beautiful paradise, you and God. And God forms out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky and he brought them to the man to see that he would name them. Which, by the way, sounds really, really fun, right? One of them walks up to him and wags its tail and pants a little bit and lets it rub its belly and goes, you're a dog. He brings up the next one and it turns around and walks the other way and goes, that's a cat, right? Like this, like this is what Adam does. He to name every single animal. And he gave name to all the livestock and all the birds and all the sky and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper is found. And so he causes Adam to fall into a deep sleep. And, and, and he makes woman out of the man because he knows that the best way to reflect God's image upon the earth is to love someone else. And you can love your dog and your cat as much as you want to, but you can't love like you can love another person. So he makes woman, right? From the rib, he taken out of the man. He brought it to the man. And this is the most amazing sentence. And Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. It's a beautiful picture of an idealistic world. And, and honestly, the movie White Christmas starts this way with humor and with, with fun and with, with songs and laughter and all of the things. And humanity's first act starts the same way, with no shame. Humanity's first act starts the exact same way, with no shame. God and man in complete relationship together, perfect. Nothing between them, nothing separating them from one another. It's the way our Father wanted our lives to be lived in connection perfectly with Him. In connection perfectly with Him. In fact, I would submit to you today that it's what you and I still long for. We still long for a perfect relationship with God in the garden. Let's sing one more song. Please stand. Act two is a little different than act one. Have you ever noticed how beautiful snow is the first time it hits the ground? <laughs> the first time it hits the ground, you're running out, you're maybe sticking your tongue out to catch snowflakes. The kids are making snow cones and forts and, and all of the things that they do. Have no problem with it whatsoever, right? But it doesn't last very long, does it? Clean snow doesn't last very long. In fact, um, a few days of your kids playing in the front yard or the backyard of your house, you, you notice that um, you can't even see where the snow blanket used to be anymore. It's all grass and those kinds of things. A couple days of salt in Illinois, right? Plows, trucks, people driving through. It gets a little bit dirtier. A couple days of your dog and cat visiting the backyard. <laughs> Snow gets a little bit dirtier, doesn't it? Snow is beautiful, but it doesn't last forever. It gets dirty rather quickly. In fact, um, that's uh, kind of the story of the movie White Christmas. At some point, she begins to sing, 
love you didn't do right by me, right? There's, there's, a, there's an emotional discord between the two main characters. They, they're not communicating well. Somebody believed something that wasn't true. It's, a, it's this terrible tragedy, right? Well, in Act 2 of humanity's story, once coming out of Eden, the problems are a lot worse than miscommunication, aren't they? In fact, we see that Adam and Eve disobey God and they're removed from the garden. Eventually, their, their children misbehave so bad that they fight between each other. And actually, one son kills another son. And by chapter 6, things are getting really bad in our Bibles. It says these words, The Lord God saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become upon the earth. That every inclination of the thought of the human heart was only evil all the time. Try and say that three times real fast. The Lord even regretted that he made human beings upon the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. He's heartbroken. He's heartbroken on over the separation of relationship, over the fact that Eden is no longer. At this point, humanity's relationship with God is broken. And in fact, what we see is God trying to reach back into humanity over and over again and, and, and build the friendship back. He, he tries with this, this family, Abram or Abraham, eventually becomes the Hebrew people. He tries with a family and say, this is what a family could look like if we were back in relationship together. He tries with Moses to say, this is what it would look like if we, we worship together and, and centered all of our lives around worship together and, and, and how, if you just obey these few simple rules, like together we're going to be able to live in harmony with one another. He, he tries to bring them hope through through the line of King David and through through the rule of a Davidic line that, that says, oh my goodness, if we have good, healthy, character-filled worshipers of God ruling the, the people, it's going to be so much better and none of it works. It all falls apart. In fact, I would say hopelessness really reigns in humanity in Act 2. In Act 2, hopelessness is so prevalent and so real, even in the way that, that they did worship, it didn't work itself out. Some of you that have been a part of our church this year remember as we read Hosea earlier this summer, and Hosea actually says these words, My God has washed his hands of them. They wouldn't listen. Sounds like a parent, doesn't it? Hosea chapter 9. They're doomed to be wanderers, vagabonds among the godless nations. In Act 2 uh, of, of White Christmas, you simply have relational messiness, right? Where, where they're not communicating well. It, at the end of Act 2 of humanity, we have God and human beings not communicating. We have God and human beings not getting along. We have God and human beings not meeting face to face. And we're in desperate need of a Savior. We're in desperate need of a Messiah. We're in desperate need of hope to come and rescue and redeem us. Things are so broken that all of God's plans with us just seem to have failed. In fact, we need a greater hope to come. We need a person to come. We may not have known what the Messiah would be, but at this point, the longing for Eden has turned from a longing for Eden to a longing for someone to rescue God's people. Let's worship again together. Go ahead and be seated. Sometime this winter, you all are going to wake up with a blanket of snow. Right? It's going to happen. We live in Illinois. It will happen this year at some point. You'll wake up and you'll look out there 
You can't tell where the road and the curb meet, right? Maybe you can't see a tree. Maybe you can't see your grill, depending on how deep the snow is, right? In the backyard. Maybe you can't see your dog as they run through the backyard, right? At some point, it's going to happen. We're going to have this, this giant blanket of snow. And it's so amazing when it happens, right? It's like there's this um, in almost intensity of peacefulness that sets over your house. If you're, especially if you're like me, and the kids haven't gotten up, they've, they've slept through it, and you wake up and you just kind of see it. And you go, ah. Oh. And you grab a cup of coffee, and you sit there, and you go, I know I'm not driving into work today because they haven't even attempted to plow my streets yet. <laughs> no one's tried to get out, even those that are silly like me with the pickup truck. We're not trying yet. We're forced to sit there and just admire it, right? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? And it's almost blinding when that first ray of like sunshine hits it, right? In fact, you sometimes it's 10 o'clock at night and you're like, why are there lights on outside? Because it's still reflecting through your too thin curtains. And you go, I should put a blanket over those because it's cold, right? It's the snow resets and like changes that day before everything gets moving fast again, doesn't it? And that's the movie White Christmas, right? It ends with it finally snows and they sing White Christmas and everybody's happy, right? That is the end of the movie White Christmas. It's like the snow solved all the problems. <laughs> what's wider than snow? Mm -hmm. yes. What's more important than even that blanket of snow that we get that resets everything? What's more important than a white, snowy Christmas morning? Though I think many of us would long and even sing about longing for that moment, right? But what's more important? What has more power? What actually brings us hope Snow doesn't bring me much hope. It makes me think I just don't have to go anywhere. But, but there's something greater in Jesus Christ. It's the reason we're here today. It is this story that we read every Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve Eve. That hope enters in as a baby. Right? This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the first time the garden is reunited with humanity, isn't it? It's the first time God is inside of a human being again. He's next to them, nothing hindering their relationship. <clears throat> Joseph, to whom he was engaged, was a righteous person, didn't want to do it publicly, but I'm going to do this on the side so she doesn't get embarrassed. But as you consider this, the Lord shows up, an angel of the Lord shows up and appears to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what was within her is conceived by the Spirit. She's getting eaten, and you haven't received it yet. And she will have a son, and you're to name him Jesus, Yeshua, for he will save his people from their sins. He will redo the snow. He'll make it clean again. All this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet Isaiah. Look, the, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a child, and she'll give birth to a son. And we're going to call him what Emmanuel, which means God is actually with us again. God's actually amongst us today. And I love how Jesus grows, right? He doesn't stay a baby, but grows up into the man, Jesus Christ, and shows us what it would look like if God and man were together again in united harmony. He begins to clean up the snow around him, doesn't he? As he lives amongst us, he says, this is what it looks like when heaven comes to earth. There's healing. There's forgiveness. There's no more death. There's no more pain. I can promise you life everlasting, not just life here on earth, but life for all of eternity if you just believe in me. 
Through the story of Jesus, hope is fully brought back in Act 3 to humanity. Isaiah the prophet, years and years and years before Jesus was born, prophesied so many things about him. But my favorite, absolute favorite verse is this one. Come, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white like wool. Amen. I'm going to do it, God says. I know you've been trying, right? But I'm going to do it. I'm going to take care of it. And all I'm asking from you is for you to believe in me. Amen. Believe in Jesus Christ. Amen. The one who came as a baby, lived as a man, died for our sins, and rose three days later. Believe. Yes. And I will make you white like wool once again. Yes. We're going to sing a powerful hymn from my childhood that I love as you stand with us. My prayer for you this Christmas was with that you have a white Christmas. A white Christmas. Not snow on the 25th, though that'd be fun. But you'd have a blank slate. A blank slate with God. A whiter than snow moment with God. As you say yes to what Jesus Christ has done in his birth, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That you would have that kind of a white Christmas this year. That the most important thing that we could worship and celebrate is Jesus Christ. And that as you put your belief in that, you would know that you have been cleansed from all of your brokenness. Act 2 no longer exists. Dirty snow no longer exists, but you are free in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us worship together. <clears throat>